Hey, I'm Randy. And I'm Jim. This is Leave the Bottle. Which is a podcast that you can find on leavethebottlepodcast.com. And iTunes and Stitcher and my new favorite pocket cast for Android. Just a quick post-production note. We were scheduled to have two people live from Kiev, but Francois couldn't make it for some reason. So we do have the lovely Julia with us. And we had some audio problems with her, and she's freezing, so bear with us. But she's a very charming person and very bright, and it's worth listening to what she has to say. Julia, you are from the Ukraine, correct? Yes, uh, I was born in Kiev, and my parents were born in Kiev. So, yeah, kind of native, native key, 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 uh, person from Kiev. <laughs> okay, and I'd like to ask you a question that's pretty ignorant, but I think a lot of people don't really know this. Can you explain the difference between what we call Crimea, what is called Ukraine, and if you need to go into a little bit of history, that would be welcome. But um, I just, you know, a lot of people don't understand the difference and think it's an interchangeable, which I don't think it is. No, um, okay. Uh, if, uh, I should start um, I should start from the description of whole Ukraine, yes? Ukraine yep. is kind of a multinational country because it has wide history and there was a different, um, it was under a different country. The uh, west part was under Poland. Another west uh, south part was under um, Austrian, uh, uh, Austrian. Then there are many um, people from Moldova, Moldovians here. Uh, the south part of Ukraine was under Tatarian part. The east part of Ukraine was under Russia, etc. So everything mixed up here. Also, there are lots of Jewish. And um, different parts of Ukraine, they are also different. Uh, east, I, I'm not, it's not going to be big news. It's, uh, um, east part of Ukraine is pro, uh, more prone to Russia, and it's quite normal. There are lots of Russians, by the way. I also have a Russian blood, so it's normal for Kiev. Yeah, it's many people here have just mixed up. Uh, and the west part of Ukraine, some they are more prone to Poland, another prone to Austria. They speak some different language. Yeah, they they have uh, Ukrainian with dialect, and not all Ukrainians can understand it also. And uh, south part uh, Crimea, it has its own history. So it was under Tatarians. In Crimea, there are lots of Tatarians. Yeah, it Tatar. Tatarians, native tribe, it's native people to Crimea. And then, within Soviet Union period, um, USSR building um, build uh, marine, uh, marine army there yeah, in Sevastopol. So lots of uh, people from all around the US, uh, USSR was sent to the Sevastopol. So that's why there are lots of Russians. It, it, it's not ones who, who is native to this territory, I mean, in the the perspective of uh, 200 years ago, yes, 300 years ago, it's quite a, it, people who are were um, resettled to, the, to this territory. But in fact, now most of the population in Crimea is Russian because of this resettle. And also, also Stalin, uh, Stalin and uh, no, within Soviet Union period, they resettled native Crimean people to Siberia to other to other regions. Same they did with people from uh, uh, west of Ukraine. I mean, uh, from Lviv region, from the Karpaty region, they sent them to Siberia. So they took them and sent them.
went to Siberia. It was with Stalin. So everything mixed up here. Yeah. So what? Um, it's what we are, and we are different. And nonetheless, we still a Ukraine. We still, we still the single country, which our um, neighbor trying to trying to, um, and our neighbor trying to change the situation. I have a million questions, but I'm I'm sure James has some. So let me we'll try to alternate. Well. As a Westerner, it's kind of hard to wrap around exactly what's going on now, what's going on over the, this year so far, and then much further back, because this didn't really just start last fall. I mean, these are issues that have kind of been simmering for many years now and have come to a head. Um, but I did notice that uh, the new president the other day uh, was elected, what, last weekend? He was uh, put in office last weekend. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, here okay. he is. Well, he, was- well, he seems... He seems seems to, um, one of the quotes I saw by him was he's not accepting that Crimea is part of Russia now. And I'm curious uh, how much support he has overall by the Ukrainian people as far as pushing that issue forward of not accepting that Crimea is no longer part of the Ukraine. Of Russia, uh, I think you meant to say. Of Russia, I'm sorry. Yeah. I should also add uh, some points that I currently I'm living in Moscow. So I now involved into two different Side. So I hear an opinion from Ukrainian side, and I also hear many opinions from Russia side. And what's happened in Russia really? Um, um, I wonder how it could be because many people there now they are happy about Crimea, but in fact they have never been there. Having a little packet loss from there. Are you hearing anything, James? Nothing. Okay, but, well, uh, I'm sure, I was that wasn't the only one. All right. Well, no, no, she lost her connection. I think. Yeah, she's frozen, and uh, I'm just I'm getting a hiss right now. I'm not getting anything, but hopefully. She knows how to come back. She's a very bright woman, and uh, if there's any way to do it, she will. Otherwise, they've lost their connectivity, which is possible, too. Uh, boy, there's a million questions, though, that are raised by all this. Uh, of course, we can't really... That's one of the reasons I wanted uh, Francois to come in, because he's right. been living there for years. He may be married to a Ukrainian woman. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he's on the ground. He's there. Uh, Julia's visiting, but also there's a lot of interesting questions, as she was just talking about. She works in Russia, Right. And obviously, people would know where she's from. And I mean, in your daily life, it's I don't know what that's like. Right. Um, I spoke to her a little bit about it in person. And I don't think she doesn't seem to be feel persecuted. Let me put it that way. I, I, I can't speak for her. But if I'm not mistaken, what basically what she was saying is that everything's fine. And you know, this Jim, you'll you'll love this kind of discussion while we're waiting for her to come back, which is that it isn't the people that are screwing things up. Uh, I, there aren't a huge number of people that hate each other in either country, I don't think. The, it's, the problem is it's a political situation. So once again, the politicians are making life hard. And, you know, some of the maybe splinter groups or factions, whatever you want to call them, are responsible for horrible violence. And I just happened to use Ukra- the Ukraine keyword on Twitter and I, you know, there are huge streams of what may be propaganda in Russian, or it might be in the Ukrainian language, but also in English. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I used to see years ago in when Bosnia, that thing was going on. There were things like emails with atrocity photos. I don't know if you go back that far, if you remember oh, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, you know, you would get these huge photo bombs of like, back in the day, this was a big deal where there was like 12 megs of photos. Today, that's nothing. But this was before Gmail, and people would send this stuff around. And I mean, it's of course, it's atrocious and um, probably does, needs to be known, but 
you know, there's there's a lot of propaganda floating around, and I, I think well, there's a lot of noise being made by people who are in the minority. I would say. Yeah, but in the end, all of this lays at the feet of Putin. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. None of this. None of this happens if Putin's not in power. Uh, what's interesting is I could understand, and I couldn't understand it. I could understand the reasons. You don't have to agree with something to understand yeah. something. I would understand more so if Russia still wasn't a huge power. If if you know, if if they really if they were the Russia of the '90s in dire economic straits after the disintegration of the USSR, I could almost understand that want and that need to go back to a different time when the Russian bear was oh so powerful. Um, but that's not the case. But yet there's still that need, and it's a historic need in the Russian psyche. Number one, it's a it's a need in the Russian psyche for for uh, power for. Uh, People, it sounds terrible, yeah. but the Russian people don't do well in general because they're not accustomed to living completely on their own in an open, completely open society. There might be they some like, truth to that. Yeah, they, they like that. They like that sense of of nationalism. There's a very, very deep. I mean, if you look at the, you know, of Dostoevsky, and if you look at a lot of the Russian writers in the 1800s, even there's that. There's the the motherland is just it's so strong within the Russian psyche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Hi, I'm still here. You're back. Okay, you you got cut oh, off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's you know my computer is from Russia, so maybe it's Russian security services just hear some information, improper information, and try to try to um, uh, prevent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there's nothing you can do about that, really. I mean, it ha- whatever happens, happens. We were talking about a couple of other things, but um, and I'm trying to remember where you were. You were when you got cut off. Uh. I had asked you about the uh, the Russian. I mean, not the Russian. The Ukrainian new uh, Ukrainian president in Crimea and uh, his insistence that Crimea is not part of Russia; that it's still part of the Ukraine. And and what what you think and what people you know think on on that whole issue? Uh, it's a question to me. Yeah? Yes. Uh, yeah. So of course, Ukrainians are still team that they, and they know that the uh, Crimea is a part of Ukraine because it was. It was separated under um, and in uh, an illegal way. So it's an illegal way of separation of territory. If there would be an election, real election, and people vote for Russia, it's understandable. But there was no real election, so it's um, uh, not under law, not under international law. Otherwise, people in Russia they are happy. It's very very funny and very interesting to hear to see this and to hear this because most of them have never been to Crimea, yes, they, they used to spend their vacations abroad and now they're happy and they're planning to go to Crimea. It's just the plans now. I don't know any who come, who basically uh, who basically visited Crimea this summer or planning to do it. They're just saying otherwise I'm Ukrainian and I used to spend each summer in Crimea. When I was a child, for example, I spent each summer in Crimea because there was a special treatment places and uh, places for children and they it was quite inexpensive and it was our territory so we used to spend
kind of occasions there. And now many million Ukrainians, many many of children, they don't have this opportunity. They don't have this opportunity anymore because of this involvement. Go ahead, Randy. You know, oh. I have a simpler question, a couple of simpler questions for you. The first one is you are able to go between the two countries. Obviously, well, you actually went from Russia to Spain. I don't know how you did, you know, whether you stopped in other places. But is there a border control between Ukraine? When you go to Kiev from Moscow, for example, how does the passport situation work? And are you hassled by it? Or, you know, because here in Europe, within the Schengen, however you pronounce that, agreement, for example, when I went to Spain, I could have gone with uh, just my national ID card from France. The fact is there was no passport control anyway. Now, some of the European countries, by the way, are starting to think this is not a good idea. But back to you, my question to you, which is, how is uh, what is the passport control situation like, if any, between the two countries? After all, you have a border and a lot of actual problems right now. So are they are they getting strict with that, or is there no control or big control? Looks like she's frozen again. Oh no! Oh, the Russian security services question. are back in action again. Unless it's the NSA. And I think my question was too long. It's so long she freezes. <laughs> I was going to ask you too. I don't know how ah, she's back. Okay, so how I'm going to shorten. My my question to uh, what does the passport control, if any, between the two yes. countries? Since, uh, since October, I have passed uh, Ukrainian-Russia border maybe five times. And also I have passed Russia-U.S. border. And also I have passed Ukrainian, yeah, I mean, between Ukraine and uh, European Union, I, because I, I used to, I like to travel. So nothing changed for me. And uh, really nothing changed. I uh, also were afraid about additional control from Russia's side. Uh, so I prepared all the necessary document, do, documents uh, about my job in advance. So, but nobody asked me anything. Nobody asked me who my support, what I'm planning to do, etc. So in this perspective, nothing changed. Maybe, maybe some people meet some problems, but I, uh, from my acquaintances, I have never thought about uh, some situ bad situation on the border. And uh, even so, this um, usually I fly by plane and this time I mean yesterday I used train because uh, yes I tried train even on the train there was no any problem they didn't check my baggage they didn't check my passport um, much they nothing yes sometimes they uh, from Ukrainian territory they're now more um, um, uh, they check Russian citizen more precisely they ask whom you're planning to go what you're planning to do they they ask about some additional doc documents. They ask about improvements of uh, where you're going to live, etc. But for Ukrainians, no, nothing changed. That, that sounds like so uh, of a time gone by. That sounds like it's you know, the 50s and 60s and 70s and with the Cold War again, where, you know, show us your documents kind of stuff. I never would have dreamed that in 2014, we'd almost be like sliding back into another era. But it seems like we're, we're quickly getting there um now i i was curious because uh russian television rt shows you know i mean they they're here in the united states in english uh, i can watch it on my tv and and so forth and i don't i'm assuming that it's a different version than what they're showing in russia because you're in moscow right now right yeah exactly and russia television is something terrible it's uh it's 
nothing but a. It seems like it's nothing but a propaganda tool for Putin. Not, yes, nothing but the propaganda. Incredible, rude, like uh, naked propaganda. They even don't care about make it more dressed. They make it naked. Like um, if you if you have a bit brain, I mean, uh, if you have a bit, um, uh, if you sometimes reading something else in Russian uh, Russian official media, you you may ask, what is this? It's, it's absolutely reversed. Reverse position. All the facts are reversed. So and reversed. They're even not trying to make it more more logically. More and also there are in Russia some media uh, which have shown the truth. For example, Vedomosti and sometimes on Russia Business Channel they can they can invite some uh, some uh, experts which uh, are has an opposite opinion, which uh, have an opposite opinion, which have an opposite opinion. Yes, and they can say uh, they have a possibility to say this in uh, online on the TV broadcast um, and meanwhile and nearby channel Russia 24 it's official propaganda which um, which would say that um, which would um, um, not compromise which gonna be absolutely opposite to the truth absolutely they absolutely damage the truth now do you, uh, you're talking with us right now and you're being extremely candid do you feel like that your candor could in some way uh, end up potentially affecting you, say, professionally or in your living position in Moscow right now? Or do you, are you not concerned about that? I'm not concerned about that. Um, there are some people in Moscow who's got the same opinions as mine. And um, of course, I try not to argue with them. I keep my opinion with myself, but uh, they, they might know what is my opinion because I'm from Ukraine and I'm just smiling when they ask about um, and yes I don't uh, I don't care um, I don't care honestly Julia Julia you um, I assume I know you speak Russian right you speak the Russian language uh, I assume you've seen the group of three young women called Pussy Riot you know what that is? Yes, I seen them on the internet. Okay, because <laughs> no, if you don't know, it's a little embarrassing to say that. Uh, the point is, though, I just want—that's all you know. You don't know anything about because they're sort of trying to affect change. They actually went to jail. I, I think they're all Russian. That's the whole point. They are. They are. And you know, and they're uh, Jim. Did you see these guys? Those, those ladies on uh, Bill Maher. You don't like Bill Maher, yes. but every once in a while you got to no, watch do. it. I don't know why. I don't know why you don't think I, I thought like you did. I like. No, I like Bill Maher. I thought you did. Well, I know you like his opinions because you and I think. <laughs> yeah. So, so you so, did you see them on uh, Bill Maher? Yeah, I've seen them, and there's also a documentary. There's a Russian language documentary about Pussy Riot. Uh, it's got subtitles and so forth. I saw, I did see that online. Uh, they're brave young women. You know, they're brave. But the, the ridiculous thing is, is they should be able to say what they said and not go to jail for it. How how can you go to jail anywhere for just your thoughts? You know, if you pick up a gun and shoot somebody, okay, then you should go to jail. But just words alone, like the three of us are talking right now, that shouldn't be enough to put you in jail. And apparently in Russia, it's enough to put you in jail. You know, um, even no, it's not 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 like this. So no, even so, I would be a Russian citizen. Nobody would put me in a jail just because what I told you yet uh, already. But if I would take my laptop and went to a church, yes, to a church. That's what they did. 
also can be naked. And I would start to, uh, with this web conversation in a church naked. Of course, somebody would would take me to a jail. It's what it's exactly what they did. So they dance naked in a church. It's uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. It's, it's not because against Putin. It's just because they are dancing naked in a church. It's more than more than a system can overcome. Yeah, it, well, that's that's provocation, and that's true. And they got the attention, and I, I think that uh, yeah, you know that's part jail, of the, well, yeah, that's for doing that. That that's, seems excessive, yeah. But anyway, I, that's I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's, I wonder. I wonder if they did that and they did it in support of Putin. If they did it, if they did exactly what they did in that in that church, which is exactly as Julia uh, said, they did. If they did that and talked for Putin, I'm curious if they would have spent a year in jail. But wait a minute. Here's the no. thing. Here's the thing. This is important. Otherwise, I would never interrupt you, Julia. But listen to this. If you recall, Jim and Julia, I don't know if you know this, but there was the um, Occupy Wall Street movement in the United States. And there were there were demonstrations. And, you know, the Americans don't get out and demonstrate like they did in the 60s. Jim will uh, confirm that, I'm sure. No, they, Americans no, don't ever don't. do shit, actually. But the point is, they finally got, you know, fairly organized to do this. And people were getting beat up and thrown in jail all the time. Now, they didn't go to jail for a year, I don't think. But they were seriously injured, including, you know, women. I, I don't remember. Again, this comes out as propaganda, too. But, like, people were being uh, beat up by several police at the same time, you know, women who didn't put up any resistance, they were being tied up, their hands were tied, you know, they were not tortured, but I mean, really treated poorly. So I don't know about comparing the two systems. Uh, yeah, Putin's much worse, and there, there are much worse things that can happen. But the United States is is not a place where you can do what you want either. And those people were not breaking the law. Remember, the Constitution guarantees the right to assembly and so on. Uh, and of course, then we can get into the long thing about how the corporations control all that. So as soon as anything happens, they make the park belong to them and so on. We don't want to get into too many nuances with that. Well, I, I get that, you know, here in the United States, where I live, free speech is more of a concept sometimes than a reality. I mean, that's, let's face it. I mean, yes, do, we, do I have the right to say much more than if I lived in China, certainly North Korea, more than likely Russia and a few other countries? Sure, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But the concept is more than the reality. I mean, and I don't mean shouting fire in a movie theater either, because I always hate that. That it's a stupid, stupid. Uh it's stupid to use that analogy, but that all that said, um, it just it, it just seems I don't know. Randy and I were or were talking when you got uh, frozen. That uh, it seems that uh, is she frozen. She's again? frozen again. We're freezing her. <laughs> the Russian she's, security forces you know, are back at work again. I have met and spent time with Julia, and she is the warmest person in the world. I don't know why she's uh, so frozen all the time now. <laughs> well, something's going on with her internet. No, it's she's in. You know, I don't know. She's in a data center. She should have good connectivity, but who knows what else is going uh, on? There. You know what? It may not have been really all that much of a joke that uh, their big brother may uh, not be. Uh, hard to say. I mean, we we didn't. I didn't take out an ad in RT or anything. So uh, no, it's it's not obvious that they know unless they're listening to every single thing that's happening. And by the way, this is encrypted, so theoretically nobody can listen to it. Huh? So of course, we're live. <laughs> we're live on. Mixler, so yeah. but well, anyway. you know, 
I, I found it interesting that the the pussy riot um, about you know her view on you know that it was really more of a wasn't seems anyways what she was saying was it wasn't so much a political reason that they were arrested as much more of just a civil disorder disobedience and you know yeah. what um, you have to res- I mean that's why I asked her to talk about this sure. she's there so she may be way more right and you know than we are okay well, she's she's going to come back it and may say. not even be a right or wrong it may be just strictly opinion I mean well, yeah. look, you know, I mean, any, I mean, you could walk outside your house right now and you could ask 10 people an opinion on Pussy Riot and get eight or nine different responses. Mm-hmm. I could do the same. But I mean, you, your, your point about um, that the, the uh, sentence was long for what they did, it's true. But on the other hand, you know, in the U.S., you want to get started on prison terms. You know, there are people oh, in, there are people in prison doing like five years to life for stealing one jacket when they were so poor. You know, that part. We don't have to talk about it. Because it, because it was their, you know... Because they're poor. They're, it's a crime to be poor in the United States, let's face it. It's against crime. the law. It's a, it's a crime anywhere. That's it's true. Anywhere. Money buys you good I, life everywhere. It really does. Hey, you before... I know you got to run, and since, uh, since she's, I don't have to run she's on and off, I wanted to ask you about the uh, couple of things. One is the this prisoner exchange. I'm just kind of learning about that now, the guy who they brought back, the soldier. Right. I wanted to get your take on that, because here, in a couple of words, mine is... Uh, uh, that the right and the left are both constantly, it's just all a bunch of talking points. Mm-hmm. Nobody's considered, I mean, you know, the only person who's walked a mile in this guy's shoes, sort of, is McCain. And I was listening to a thing the other day where they, last night, in fact, where there's recordings of McCain where first he was against it, then he was for it and thought, oh, we should do everything we can to bring a soldier back. Yes, and then did. recently, as Jimmy Dore, the comedian, said, somehow they got to him, you know, the, the party contacted him, and now he's going, this is a scandal, it's horrible. This political bullshit has to stop. It's at the cost of, of human lives and everything else. There may be a right and a wrong, but let's find out with the trial, even the generals, the right-wingers, but who are actually in the army, or whatever the guy was the NATO commander, I think. Yes, I don't remember their names, but they, they even those play out. even those guys are saying, "Bring him home, let's talk to him." And yes. and Doors' comment was great because he said, uh, "Yeah, the guy was troubled." He says, "Jimmy says I was over there on a tour. I was telling jokes, and I almost freaked out myself." He says, "You go over to Af- Afghanistan. Yes, they're troubled." And another nice thing that he said that I thought was just fantastic was uh, when start when people start saying uh, putting the lives in danger. You know, he says, "Hello." You sent those guys over there. You put him in danger. You didn't have any problem with that. Right. I'm getting all excited now. <laughs> well, I, I, I nuts. Here's here's my take on. It. I'm not certain yet about about him. I'm not Dude. certain about. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Pardon me. It's a tea hub. There are lots of guys who are using um, using uh, video conference. Do you mean Do you mean that you've got people there that are downloading porn and they're taking your bandwidth away? No. no? It also could be. It could be because yeah. they're IT guys. They should. They uh, they may looking for different way how to inspire themselves. So, so every time you disappear, we kind of start talking about other things because we're not experts on what's going on there. But I, I have a question for you about the. I'm looking on Twitter um, and th- using the uh, tag Ukraine. The hashtag, and there's just a constant stream of things. A lot of it looks like it's propaganda. Some of it's in what looks like Russian, a Cyrillic alphabet, anyway. Um, but what? So they're talking about children being killed and so on. I assume that where's all the violence happening, and do you? What do you know about that? And what? How does that affect the lives of people in, say, Kiev? Um, I, I 
Um, they're tagging this as Ukraine. That's why I'm asking. It's they're saying Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Where is this that that uh, battles are taking place? Because I'm ignorant. I don't know. Uh, now the, uh, there are two hot regions uh, in um, it's uh, Lugansk and Donetsk region, which are much more closer to Russia, and it's industrial regions. Um, there are lots of old old factories, which in fact should be uh, should be modernized somehow, but nobody did this and. Uh, um, it's industrial mo- mono regions. There are mono cities, yes. So most of uh, citizens are working in single in, in single uh, single uh, organization, single fact. And usually they would and they do what what their chief would say to them because they have no any other option. We should understand first. Also, it's the Parisian some other region, which but it's not the uh, the, the hardest point now. Uh, yes. So there are separation movement in Lugansk and Donetsk. Uh, separation movement uh, to be independent from Ukraine, but not to be part of Russia, because uh, this is uh, regions with uh, minus balance. I mean, they are um, they are not generating uh, cash for budget, so it's under donations from the central budget, and Russia understands this, so the Russia would not take them into its territory. I mean, Russia will not take it as a part of its. Um, uh, territory. So they they vote for independence, and uh, the mechanics how it's working now the same as it was in Ossetia. It's part of Georgia, and the same as work in um, Pridnestrovia. It's part of Moldova. So it's the same mechanics. There are some people, some very poor people. Most of them not from um, not from uh, the main the capital cities of this region. Mm. They're from regions, from the villages. Uh, they their salary may be 100 euro per month. It's a maximum they can take it. Yeah. Um, they may be jobless each day, and they're very easy. Um, they um, the, it's very easy to manipulate by them. So if somebody come and promise them some great, great future, they will try to use this chance, you know. So this is how it's working out. So um, there are people from regions who yeah, who is uh, striving for these separate movements, but they, but they don't understand anything in economics. They don't understand. Um, they they don't understand most of stuff. But some bad people use them. I don't know exactly and I'm not gonna tell who is Russia some local uh, local billionaires in Donetsk or in Donetsk or Lugansk I don't I am um, not powered to say yes my opinion because I may miss uh, mislead somebody but in fact um, the situation um, and there are war now war between Ukrainian soldiers and this um, people separatist people and I don't know whether they are Ukrainian citizen or citizens or citizens of some other country because sometimes in news uh, they're in Ukrainian propaganda in Ukraine there are also propaganda they are saying that it's citizens of, from from neighbor country and uh, yes there are lots of um, crime now and cruel it's cruel and uh, I have friends from Donetsk and Lugansk mm-hmm. um, and these separatists they destroyed uh, bridges they destroyed ro- roads and 
And for example, three or four days ago, uh, they attacked an Ukrainian uh, soldiers, um, soldiers, let's we say, station uh, in the center of Lugansk. And they come to, to, to citizens' houses, I mean, to the flats. So with, uh, with uh, guns, they come to the houses and say, go out here. We will shut down from your balcony to the Ukrainian army soldiers. So, and they shut down all the night. So they ask some people go away and shut down all the night. So it's what I heard from my acquaintances who is living in um, in Lugansk. Now they are not in Lugansk. Of course, they 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 uh, they left their native city and went to some others. Kiev or Moscow, everywhere. Everybody who can move, they moved from from that regions. And what has happened now? And it, it's shutting. It's shutting at the streets. It was yeah. interesting. It was interesting the, the other day. Uh, the new president uh, Poroshenko. He was talking with the governor of the Donetsk region, and he was he was talking about those fighters that you're talking about, the separatists, and he referred to them as the terrorists. He said he wants he wants to work with the governor of that region, but not until the terrorists lay down their arms. I found that was a very interesting distinction. He didn't refer to them as fighters. He didn't refer to them as separatists. He distinctly referred to them as terrorists, and I think that's an I think that's an important word that he he purposely used to show you know that he was not going to negotiate with that segment and i i found that to be fascinating you know there's we've had problems both in spain and in france with uh the basque separatists and also the corsican separate separatists and um i find it a little hard to believe not hard to believe hard to understand why people get into that movement when they're having like they want to maybe form a small country because if you if you look at the large countries like U.S., Russia, and any of the any country really, we're all kind of in trouble uh, in many ways. And I mean, it's really hard to run a country, right? So the the idea that hey, let's why don't you the three of us make our own country? I mean, that <laughs> doesn't make much sense. Except but then again, but then again, that's what? how the United States was formed. If you you know, well, you but really it was a little more specific. Take- there was a more specific goal, though, was there not? Well, th- there was a goal that mattered to them, and yeah. I'm not saying I'm not agreeing with the Basque separatists. I'm not agreeing with the the, the, the fighters in a Donetsk region. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that either one of those groups is right. But, but you understand where they're coming from. Well, it goes back to the old adage that one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Oh, I mean, for sure. And, and, and sometimes history has to play out to see who was right or who was wrong in certain conflicts. And sometimes that does take a long time. The problem is, is during that long time, there's a lot of bloodshed. The, uh, there's a you know a lot of death, uh, a land of a lot of animosity that lends itself to a continuing pattern. I mean, you look at the Middle East, and, uh, and I was just what, I was just thinking a, about what a nightmare that has become. I was just thinking about that in that uh, if I've watched, you know, I remember this from like five years ago. They happened to have the movie Exodus was on TV, yes. and I you know st- jumped into just a few minutes of it. And it's first of all, it's kind of funny because Salminio and Paul Newman as Israeli, you know. That's already that's already almost comic if it wasn't tragic. But right. the fact is, if you look at the dialogue of what they're going through 
at the time, they were basically just terrorists. And I, I don't know why that doesn't ever come out. The movie wanted to be on one side, and it kind of proves the other side. Anyway, I want to get back to Julia, and I have a question that's a little more general for you, which is, do you think that there's a much difference, or a lot of difference even, between, say, the Ukrainian soul and the Russian soul? And by soul, do you know what I mean? I mean, just the being. Are there is there much of a difference between the two peoples? Uh, honestly, in my observation, not much, because we were a single country. And in fact, we have the same problems now, in my observation, because there are propaganda in Ukraine, there are propaganda in Russia, and then working in same in same way. So both of nations, we are... Uh, illogical yeah we are quite emotional um and there are many 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 other same characteristics um and it's quite different to compare than kiev and moscow because moscow is a big megapolis and kiev is quite small city it's same than compare i don't know uh, paris and um, and um, kind of uh, um this, um, Bored out. Oh, okay Bored so I, I try to remind something more, um, something bigger. So, so I cannot compare them. Like here uh, in Moscow, Russians, they are different. And we are Ukrainian Kiev, in Kiev. Uh, no, I cannot compare them directly because it's uncomparable. Uh, but people are same. And um, even so, there are some Russian regions which are near the border, uh, near the Ukrainian border. They speak same language. Same language as in Ukraine. It's mixed up with Ukraine. And Russia. It's uh, language, uh, it's called Surjuk. It's typical for village. And this story when brothers are in fight, it's from Bible. So it's not the first time in our old, old history when um, brothers are in fight, when brothers have a different opinion, and when somebody says that you're not bro- my brother, and etc. Yet we are brothers, and it's my it's my personal opinion. We are different. Uh, Russia, we are different, uh, we are different from in some way yes there are no no uh, two two exactly the same person same as no two exactly the same nations but we are very close to each other it's my opinion and it's what i feel when i'm tra- when i'm now in russia and i'm very pity about the situation because it's, it's from a bible yeah i think that jim and i were talking at one of the first time you got frozen about in my opinion that the the politicians and the leaders if you want call them that uh or the people in power like Putin, but like others too, are so manipulating the people that that ordinarily would not have that much of a quarrel um, in a country like France or the United States. Uh, you know, there are people in the north, people in the south, and actually there is prejudice between people of different regions. But mostly, it doesn't result in civil war, except for specific instances. So this power grab by the top people for, and by the way, it's often it has to do with oil and things like that. Gas, you know, natural resources, money, uh, and money and power. So it's really a shame that we can't all, you know, get together and sing Kumbaya and live together, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That'll the, never happen. Whatever the expression is, um, Julia. Can I ask you also? In you know, when I was uh, much younger, and the United the. Uh, Russian, uh, the USSR was very much oppressing all religion. I mean, it was considered kind of an atheist place, or at least the official state position was more or less against religion, unless that's not true and it was propaganda. But is there 
anything, and I'm not asking necessarily for your personal religion or anything, but just in general, is there much of a religious movement? And before you answer, in the United States, the religious movement has a lot of power, and it's not, in my opinion, a good thing, by the way. You, you know, people have beliefs, fine, keep them to yourself. I don't want to know about them, and I certainly don't want them to be a part of the government. God bless America. Thank you very much, <laughs> Julia. So uh, in uh, both Ukraine and Russia, is there much about religion? Is religion practiced in the open? Is it popular? Is it not too popular? How is that? Um, it's quite popular, yes, and uh, even now, and about Soviet Union, it's like there are no also gays in Soviet Union, but in fact there was, and same with religion. If something that um, it's uh, religion is um, like a desire of our soul, it also exists among all our history, so nobody can uh, put this part, yes, separate this part from our soul. One, 100 years is not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's quite popular and um, maybe less than in Spain or in some regions of United States when each Sunday people come to church and they're chit-chat there. Uh, here um, we are Orthodox and our church more conservative. So that it's a place with uh, lots of rules and um, if you go there you should also follow these rules. You should be dressed in a special way. You should behave in a special way and also you should pray in a special way. Otherwise, it's not like a way to be with God. So it's in my observation how it's working out. And um, me and most of my friends, we are quite religious, but we are trying to be, to we are trying to reconsider all these rules. To be in part of Orthodox life, but, but question whether it's necessary to follow all these rules. From official point of view, from church official point of view, we are bad Christians. <laughs> Probably we should be more more dedicated to the rules. But from our point of view, it's uh, and from my point of view, rules have nothing nothing common with God. And I also um, my grandmother she is Catholic. Uh, my grandfather she he is a Protestant. He's uh, under this United States movement. Um, my another grandfather is Jew. So when I was a child, I tried all of them. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I went to Catholic church because my grandmother, she is Czech. Uh, so we went to Czech and um, Czech Catholic church here in Kiev. Then I also spent, when I was teen, I spent two years in um, in American church, Orthodox, uh, I mean, Protestant church. We sing songs there, have lots of fun, playing some games. So that's why I went there. Uh, then, mm, then at university, I was interested in, uh, in uh, Judaism. Uh, I studied Hebrew and I visited Israel. Now, at the end, I found that I'm I'm Orthodox. It's what's um, it's it's from from heart and from from soul. And most of people here also made the same way, made same uh, same way, and came back to Orthodox. I mean, not most of them, but I have acquaintances who did same. That's absolutely fascinating that you've experienced three different religions. 
ones. You're only missing four or five others. <laughs> no, I also practiced and uh, practiced um, uh, meditation and um, mm, it's uh, Buddhism. Buddhi- yeah, that's a philosophy. Hinduism. Hinduism. Oh, that's now yeah, that is a religion. I think Hinduism. That's that's that. amazing. That's brilliant. That really is brilliant. I, I applaud you for that. <laughs> but at the end, we are, we was uh, we was born as um, Orthodox Christians. You know the um, a famous atheist uh, whose book I read was saying, and I agree with this, even though I don't qualify myself necessarily as that. But what he said is that it, it's wrong to say that a child is oh that child is Catholic. Oh that child, you know, if you're talking about somebody who's two years old, they may have been born into a culture, but you you don't know what you are when you're two years old or three years old or even maybe eight or ten and possibly you know for a long time into adulthood. So it's interesting. I, I think that's great that you've experienced it. And I have a question for James, which is, uh, Jim, which is, um, you live kind of in the Northeast, right? Yes. Um, And, you know, how is religion faring there? Because we know that it's really popular in the poorest areas of the South and like Arkansas, places like that. Uh, You're in a more urban, not necessarily urban, but a more northerly. How are they doing? More progressive area. I'm in Connecticut, so mm-hmm. I'm in between New York and Boston. I mean, I have you know a lot of friends and family who are religious, but they're but they're not. It's not the same as down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people who go to church on Sunday, they try to do good works and 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 be the best people they can be. Like people who don't go to church and people who aren't religious. I mean, I, I don't believe that that denotes whether you're a good person or not. But it, uh, it's vastly different where I live than as opposed to other parts of the country. Religion. here where I'm at in general plays a role within your own life, your family's life in your churches or, or, or a synagogue or, you know, mosque or whatever structure. It doesn't really play big in the community. Like if you live down in the Southern part of the United States or out in the Midwest or, or the Plains area, it's your, a big deal. Religion is everything. I mean, the first thing when if you move to a town down South, that's the first thing people ask you, what church do you go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like that here. It doesn't uh, infect as practical. Probably not a very nice word for it, but I'm going to use it anyways. Religion does not infect politics in the Northeast United States. It, you know, it, it infects it with an eye. It infects it in the southern part of the United States and other regions of the United States. Where I live, thankfully, it doesn't. So, you know, you can practice what you want. You do what you want. But people don't People don't uh, really try to shove it so much down your throat as like when I lived down south. You know, that, that was a very different story. Um, so, I mean, I think. Europeans, by and large, look at the United States and like, what? What is the matter with you guys? You know, what is this incessant need to bring your religion into your governing, into your politics, into your 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 structure of your laws and an artificial that. morality? Artificial and, and, morality. And at the same time, and at the same time, there's that dichotomy of Americans who look at the Middle East and they look at Saudi Arabia and they look at you know other uh, Muslim countries and talk about Sharia law and your rail about all of that. We have Sharia law now in several sections of the United States. It's just Christianity instead of Muslim. It's just been replaced. One book has been replaced for another book um, and, and in essence to create an organized religious state. And to me, I see no difference for that. For that. Uh, but, you know, going back to your question again, luckily, I don't live in an area like that because mm. it's just it's just too progressive for that. But progressive doesn't mean you don't have beliefs. I mean, you can be, you know, a progressive Christian 
Christian, you can be a progressive Jew, a Muslim, or, you know, like me, Buddhist. And, and we all, we basically play nice. Where I live, for the most part, we play nice when it comes to that whole realm. Um, it would be, it would be nice if everybody else did, but. That's that's a fantasy world, too. <laughs> that's true. Just for completeness sake, I'll mention that I live in France, and France is a largely majority uh, Catholic, although there are a lot of Muslims in France now for historical reasons. Spain is also, we just came from Spain, Spain is a very Catholic country. But, you know, the, the fact is um, people do not make a big deal out of it in general, except in the very, very small towns where there's, if you have a town of about 300 people, you probably need to either go to church or at least acknowledge that on Sunday. Monday, you know, you meet people in the square or whatever. Um, we're running out of time here for you, Jim, so I don't want to... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can do a couple more minutes. Sorry yes. we got frozen like that. Julia, I'm going to be looking forward to hopefully hearing from you soon. Maybe uh, we'll be uh, doing some things with James, perhaps. I don't know. No? about technologists. And maybe you can join us again, too, especially when you're back in Moscow. Maybe you have a better connection or better computer or uh, something? Probably, yes. Probably. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay, terrific. Anything you'd like to say to anybody uh, to conclude? Um, yeah, I might say it's, it's better to, to eliminate all the news from your life now and listen to your soul, to your heart and ask people to chat, to, to, to conversate more with people or listen to them, to them broadcast like yours. Because from three, I mean, from um, uh, real people can say much more than you. I mean, I have my opinion, another person have other opinion. And that is a way which could help you to, to, to build to build your own opinion about the situation. Uh, in CIS, if you're really interested, <laughs> ask questions. I think that's good. I think that um, we we don't have enough empathy with other people. I mean, people are no, tending, and, and Jim and I have had a whole podcast about this once, about pe- judging people so quickly when you've never really experienced what they've experienced. And yes. the people hating poor people is a perfect, rich people hating on poor people is a perfect example of that. A lot of these people inherited money and have no idea what it's like to have to fend for yourself out in the world. That's just one example. I mean, there are many, including uh, sports fans who for some reason want to beat each other up over some something that's so superficial and stupid, in my opinion, as a game of, you know, which is supposed to be a sport. Remember, that's supposed to be a competition and positive thing, not a thing that generates people getting bloody noses or worse. Hey, we got the World Cup starting today. Woo-hoo. I know. That was a segue. That was the segue. Yeah. Randy, thank you for this opportunity for me to talk in. Maybe I, I was useful. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you, you were great. I'm sorry we were having problems. For somebody, and um, if you want to record one more, uh, I mean, if you really need some some other person from uh, from Ukraine or from Moscow, some different opinion, even opinion from people who work with Putin or opinion who were in Maidan, I have um, I have many acquaintances uh, who's and I'm in contact with them. We have we, we are building dialogue in some way because it's all of this stuff will finish. Yes, our heads, I mean heads of countries they will find the common common sense they will find an interaction points and if we will um, i mean um, if we will spoil our relations now it will be very difficult to rebuild it so we're trying to keep them now even so we have a different opinion okay to each other. Yes. sounds good thanks again thank you very much have a good day you, you too, too.